1: Hello, and welcome to the ADCES podcast, The Huddle, conversations with the diabetes care team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, research manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. We're officially in hurricane season which makes it a great time to discuss the importance of disaster preparedness for people with diabetes. ADCES member Marianne Strobel joins us today to talk about planning for disasters and what your clients need to know. Marianne, welcome to The Huddle. Thank you so much, Kirsten. Glad to be here today. We are so happy to have you. And, you know, I know you through your work with ADCES and the Diabetes Disaster Response Coalition. And, you know, like right in the midst of a pandemic, and then heading into hurricane season, we really appreciate you coming out to share some ideas with us on you know, disaster preparedness. But before we jump into that, I would really love our listeners to hear a little bit about you and your background and maybe how you got into diabetes care and education.
0: Okay, I'll be happy to share that. I've been a nurse for a lot longer than I've been a diabetes care and education specialist. I actually got involved in diabetes care when my middle child was diagnosed with type one diabetes when she was 10 years old. So I had actually thought about working with an older gerontological population and actually applied for a job in that regards, but ended up stumbling into diabetes education instead. And I was very, very grateful for an opportunity that I actually had looked for. But it was a great opportunity to learn more about diabetes care, and to also learn to be able to take care of this very special population. So that's how I got involved in diabetes education was kind of just jumped into it rather than actually seeking it out. You
1: know, we hear that so often when I ask that question from people, I hear people say, I stumbled into it, and it's usually something really personal. So how is your middle child doing?
0: Oh, she's doing great. She's actually a diabetes care and education specialist as well and a member of ADCES. Yes, she's actually works with very high-risk pregnancy population with diabetes. So she's doing well caring for her own diabetes as well as being able to help others care for theirs as well.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So it runs in the family, or, or maybe you're, you're growing diabetes care and education specialists.
0: I hope so. That's one of my goals. I think we need a lot more in the profession.
1: Okay, so you're a diabetes care and education specialist, really involved in the profession. How did you get involved in this disaster preparedness, or what kind of drove you there?
0: Well, again, I stumbled into that uh, role. And it was during Hurricane Katrina back in 2005, when i was living in san antonio texas and at that time san antonio texas was considered the evacuation center for the gulf coast and so when hurricane katrina hit the louisiana coast a lot of the people from new orleans were brought into houston and then we had another hurricane we had hurricane rita which came barreling into the houston area and as a result all the people from the Houston area along with those that were sheltering from New Orleans ended up coming to San Antonio. A large volume of those people that were sheltering in San Antonio also had diabetes. So our chapter of our American Association of Diabetes Educators at that time was asked to actually set up a diabetes clinic in the large shelter area. And so, most of us were very eager to help. And within a matter of hours, we gathered supplies and came up with ideas. And we actually established a diabetes mini clinic in the shelter. And so, that was the beginning of learning more about how to care for people with diabetes, as well as some other chronic conditions during disasters. We learned a lot from that experience. We learned there's a lot of different needs that needed to be addressed and a lot of planning and a lot of different ways of caring for people when you're not in your same space and you don't have all of your same
1: stuff. So it's from these two hurricanes and your experiences there. Is that where the DDRC came from? Is that where this coalition came together?
0: Well, it was a seed that was planted at that time. And we all knew in the diabetes community that this was going to have to be something that was addressed. And so for a number of years, many of us that had gone through that experience did venture out and make presentations around the rest of the country. I actually even presented for the World Diabetes Congress in 2009 on this topic as well. And we knew that it was something that had to be looked at and planned and created with some more resources. But it wasn't until Hurricane Harvey actually hit in 2017, here in the Houston area where I was then living and still am, that we really came together as a national diabetes community and the Diabetes Disaster Response Coalition was formed.
1: You know, it's really interesting to hear, like you talking about how you stumbled into diabetes care and education, and then your process of moving through and and handling these emergencies. It's like I hear so frequently about the problem-solving ability, and it seems like that's what this profession does day in and day out, you know, face a problem, think critically, solve the problem. So what would you say, as healthcare professionals, what can clients do, or through your work with the DDRC... How can you advise clients to work with people with diabetes?
0: Well, I think it's a natural expansion of what we do, because weather events have been hitting all over our nation. We have, in the recent past, not only seen the traditional hurricanes, of which there are many more that seem to be coming in succession one after the other. We've also, of course, continued to experience the winter blizzards As a result of many of the summertime storms, we see the flooding that occurs. We also know that there's a tornado season, which will hit certain areas of our country. The wildfires, they never seem to stop either. And then even within our recent past, our uh, state of Hawaii has even had volcanic eruptions. So I think that it's a natural progression that healthcare providers and diabetes care and education specialists need to... Continue to talk about how people with diabetes and our patients would be able to care for themselves and plan and prepare to be able to get through these weather related events. In addition to those weather related events, we know that our world as a whole is often experiencing man made events, and we also need to be ready for those as well. And I think we all live in that new world frame of mind where this is constantly something on our radar.
1: You know, you've told me some great stories about some people that you've worked with through these weather-related disasters. I mean, could you share those?
0: Sure. One of the things I often tell my patients is there's no such thing as a quick trip. So it can be a weather-related event. But just as I said, some of these events can also be man-made and they can be very short-lived man-made events. For example, I had a patient a number of years ago who felt that to come to a doctor's appointment was only going to be like a 15-minute ride from where she lived. So she got in the car to come to this appointment, hadn't eaten her breakfast yet, and felt that she would take care of that once she got to her doctor's appointment. And she ended up stuck in a traffic jam. And during that time in the traffic jam, her blood glucose started to fall, and she hunted everywhere in the car to see if she had anything to treat the slow blood glucose, but unfortunately, she hadn't prepared, and there was nothing available. Now, to her great fortune, she actually did find a place to get off of the highway and get some juice. And so she was able to take care of herself. But once she came into the appointment that day, she was actually quite distressed because she felt that she had learned a lesson the hard way that you have to always be prepared for any type of emergencies, whether there's something just as simple as a traffic jam or something great and big, such as a large scale weather event. Mm -hmm. So that was one story that stuck with me. Another story that stuck with me was after actually Hurricane Harvey here in the Houston area where I had an inpatient who was admitted for a very high blood glucose level. And he and his wife had known that the hurricane was coming so they had planned and prepared and had created their emergency medical kits. And the night before, his wife who also had some medical conditions packed all of her supplies, and placed them very near the door of their house, and they were ready to go. He also packed his medical supplies, but he left them on the dining room table, which he felt was in a good viewpoint from their front door. They went to sleep. They woke up the next morning, and sure enough, the waters started to come in their house pretty quickly. They had a plan to make a phone call to have someone come rescue them with a boat, And it didn't take too long before that person came down the street in a boat. And at this point, their house was even more quickly filling with water. So they trudged through the water. His wife grabbed her supplies that were near the door. They safely got in the boat. And once they got to their place they were sheltering, the husband, the patient, realized that he had forgotten his on the dining room table and it took a little while till they were able to leave their place of shelter and sure enough he ended up coming to the emergency room and getting admitted so he was prepared in creating a kit but the lesson that he learned is you have to know and plan what you're going to do to get a hold of that kit once you're in that actual disaster situation once a disaster happens you won't really have too much time to really clearly think you'll be more in a reactive mode so a lot of this has to be not only readied, but it has to have a plan. And you have to kind of think through that plan and
1: maybe even rehearse it. You know, those are both stories that are super inspiring. And, um, you know, I mean, really like lessons learned. So I appreciate you sharing them. You know, it just reminds me, number one, when I think about how much people with diabetes have to think about on a daily basis And it also reminds me, you know, with the DCES working with people with diabetes, what is the preparation time? Or you you mentioned a toolkit. How do you prepare people for this?
0: Well, the Diabetes Disaster Response Coalition has a wonderful website. I believe you'll be furnishing that information later. And I encourage everyone to get on that website and to look at all of the many resources that are available there. One of the resources that healthcare providers can print out and give to their patients is this checklist of diabetes supplies that people with diabetes should be getting readied, and the time to start doing that is now. So it's easy if you can use the checklist that will help you not forget things. One of the other tools that's on there that I'd like to point out is also for healthcare providers, and it's an insulin switching tool. And the reason I want to bring that up is because sometimes healthcare providers may have to respond during an emergency situation to help people with diabetes, help them to manage their diabetes condition. Many people, of course, with diabetes may be using insulin. When you find yourself in a disaster situation as a healthcare provider, you might find that you do have some resources available, and one of those resources might be some insulin. However, you may not have all of the brands of insulin that your patients usually use. And so, this switching tool has been created and is supplied by the Diabetes Disaster Response Coalition in order to help healthcare providers easily switch between different types of insulin products in order to be able to help people with diabetes who use insulin, control their blood glucose levels.
1: You know, I've seen that resource and it's pretty incredible, Marianne. So thank you for bringing that up. You guys update that frequently, right?
0: Yes, we do. We just recently updated that. The DDRC is always looking to make sure that we have the most current information.
1: Like you said we are going to mention at the you know the resources at the end of the show but because you mentioned it now I want to say that the website to visit is diabetesdisasterresponse.org but listen to the end of the show and we'll provide all of that information for the resources. Okay, so you have a toolkit and that's what it sounds like healthcare providers can go to the site, find this toolkit. What does a plan look like? Can you give us like a real-world example, something tangible?
0: Well, some of the things that you'd want to keep in your kit If you are a person with diabetes and if you're a healthcare provider that you would want to encourage your patients to include would, of course, be their glucose monitor. So I know many people are using different devices today. So if they have the ability to have extra supplies for some of our more technologically advanced ways of monitoring, you know, please put those in there. I know some of them may need different types of batteries and other supplies so you want to make sure that they're in there. Many of our supplies do have expiration dates, so you do want to make sure that kit has non-expired items in it and that there is a plan for regularly checking that kit to make sure that you are moving through any of the supplies that are near expiration. One of the other items that you want to keep in your diabetes disaster kit is going to be things to treat low blood glucose. I'm a fan of glucose tablets. I like them because they have a long expiration date. They tolerate differences in temperature pretty well. And because they're not in liquid form, they have less chance of leaking. But you certainly can also pack some of the smaller juice containers in your pack. Some other items to include would also be something like some small items of clothing. And one of those in particular are socks. And what we've seen in times when you might be having to go either walking in maybe snow, or maybe you're walking in water from flooding, or in other, other kind of debris, you can find that you might need to have to change out your socks. And so they're a very simple item to put in your kit, but still a very, very important item. Other items would be actually not the item itself, but it might be a note to yourself. So if you have your insulin, like most people might keep that in their refrigerator, then you might have to leave yourself a note, or you might leave yourself a note to look in your medicine cabinet to get any oral medications that you have. Other items can be your general items for health, which could include bandages. They could include some pain medication over-the-counter, such as acetaminophen or ibuprofen, if that's something that you regularly take. All of those things can go in that kit as well as some other food and snack items. Also, if you are a person that will be evacuating with a pet, you might want to put some of your pet supplies in there.
1: You know, it's quite a list. And I think even beyond people with diabetes, we could all benefit from having access to this toolkit and this list. You know, it reminds me, you know, one thing that I know local villages, cities, public health departments do is prepare ahead of time. And I know that sometimes there's there's shelters for these weather-related emergencies. Do the shelters have any of these supplies there? How can people cope when they're in a shelter situation?
0: Well, the best thing to do is try to bring your own supplies. As I mentioned earlier, healthcare providers that are helping to care for people with health conditions in a shelter may not have the exact same type of medications, insulin for example, that a person would normally use at home. So if you can bring your own insulin or your own medications with you, that's always the best thing. If you are a healthcare provider and you are working within a shelter, supplies would be having to come in. During Hurricane Harvey, for example, the American Diabetes Association, working along with Insulin for Life USA, was able to procure insulin and other diabetes supplies from Insulin for Life USA. That's their mission. That's their job. And when we were able to get those supplies over to the shelters, one of the next challenges was to make sure that the people who are helping in the shelter who are on the receiving end of supplies know and understand that this is medical equipment and or medication and that it immediately has to be given over to the medical clinic in the shelter. So I think that was another important lesson that we learned that it's not only the healthcare providers but it's people that are working along with the healthcare providers that also need to be aware and receive some education on how this whole chain of care would occur.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a process or or a system and it makes a lot of sense that everybody needs to be prepared. You know, our listeners are people who like to help. We always get the questions of how can I help and is there anything that people can do to prepare or help people with diabetes prepare like in their communities or what can we ask our professional community to do?
0: Well, if you are a healthcare provider, one of the best places to reach out is to your medical reserve corps. And that's a division of the Department of Health and Human Services. And so I do encourage people to go and look who are their medical reserve core coordinators and reach out to them. They do offer training and they will be able to not only train you on how to help, but they'll also probably ask you as a diabetes professional to maybe even offer some educational points to the rest of the medical community because uh, we certainly are able to educate other professionals as well as people with diabetes. So that would be my best response in that regard. One thing I didn't want to forget before we get off of the subject was in regards to your diabetes and disaster kit, just remember to put a piece of reflective tape if you can on the outside of your kit. Because if you have a lack of electricity and you're using a flashlight and you're trying to find the kit in your house and it's a little dark, that reflective tape will easily alert you to where your kit is located so that you won't forget it when you leave.
1: That was one of the best tips you gave me the other day that I hadn't even thought about just going to the hardware store and picking up the reflective tape. I've always looked for something special or online to do that. So that, that was a really great tip. Marianne, we are at the end of our time, and I hate to say that because I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, We have like a minute left. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners?
0: Well, I would just like to again encourage our listeners to please go to the Diabetes Disaster Response Coalition website and also make them known that whenever there is a disaster declared in the United States, that there are different pieces to the Diabetes Disaster Response Coalition that will activate, such as uh, phone numbers for both healthcare professionals, as well as for people with diabetes, to help them get resources and information that will really help them get through the event.
1: So Marianne, thank you for all that you do, all that you do for people with diabetes, all that you do with the coalition. Um, It's incredible work and you guys are saving lives. So Thank you, and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Today, we learned the importance of preparing for emergency situations. Have a plan and a disaster kit ready. Make sure you discuss with your clients how to create a plan for any situation and what items they'll need to include in their kit. You can download the list of items at diabetesdisasterresponse.org. Marianne also reminded us of the importance of having a sick day plan and to discuss this regularly with your clients. For information, visit diabeteseducator.org forward slash sick day. For other resources mentioned in this episode, check out the notes section in the podcast platform. Membership at ADCES gives you access to education, networking, and resources to improve your practice and optimize outcomes for your clients. Find out what ADCES can do for you at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.